לקוטי סיכריס, חלק ט"ז, פרשס שמויס, סיכר גימל. We learn this week in the schus of a refuah shleima ba'ifin nisi perhenya bas brocha dvorleya. In this week's Torah portion, in the third Torah reading, in Perak Beis, chapter 2, Pasuk Yud Aleph, verse 11, we read, Vayehi bayomim hahim, vayigdal moishe, vayetze el echav, Vayar b'siv loisam, Vayar ish mitzri make ish ivri me'echav. In those days, growing up in Pari's palace under the care of Pari's daughter, who treated him like a son, Moshe grew up and went out among his brothers and witnessed their suffering. And he observed an Egyptian male strike his brother, a fellow Hebrew. Following verses tell us that Moshe struck the Egyptian and in fact killed the man and hit him in the sand. Rashi wonders at the words Moshe grew up, as just one verse earlier in Pasuk Yud, in verse 10, we read, and the boy grew. Rashi then quotes Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Eloi, who says, the earlier reference to his growth was about his height. And this latter reference is about his growth in greatness or status, as Pare had appointed Moshe as head of his household. It does seem as though Rashi's question and the question of the Medrash Tanchoma and the response are the same. Why the additional seemingly repetition, repetitious mention of his growing? The first refers to height, the second to status. But the answer that we have is in fact not a comprehensible explanation. In Posug Yud, it seems that the words and the boy grew up are relevant to the information offered in the verse immediately preceding that one, in verse 9 in Posug Tes, that tells us that Pari's daughter hired a nursemaid, who was in fact Moshe's mother Yocheved, who took Moshe and nursed him for 24 months, who then finished nursing and the words in the Torah that tell us this are, and the child grew up and then was brought back to Pari's daughter. And the Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe grew of our verse, verse 11, Posukir Aleph, addresses the now quite grown Moshe, who could strike another man. Where then is there even a question for the reuse of the word Vayigdal and he grew? Actually, Rashi's explanation is also difficult in terms of the syntax and layout. On one hand, Rashi's methodology in explaining Torah, as we have often stated, is not to first list the question in the verse and then respond to it. Rashi rather immediately deals with explaining the verse and thereby the question is answered. Why then here in our verse does Rashi choose to begin with a question but we have already read that the boy grew up. A second question here would be on the emphasis that the first time we read that the boy grew, it's about his height. A weaned child grows in strength and weight and in height. He develops language skills as well as his intelligence, etc. So why of all these areas of growth is height highlighted? Thirdly, what proof is there? 
in the literal words of the verse, that Moshe's status grew because Pari appointed him over his house. Particularly as from the events that follow, we observe that Moshe went out among his fellow Jews, among his brothers. It seems quite obvious that the growth in his status was as, was as comparable to his brothers, as the Medrash explains. A fourth issue would be regarding Rashi's quoting both words, Vayigdal Moshe, when his question is on the dual usage of the word Vayigdal in an earlier verse and then again here. And finally, a rule in Rashi is that he will quote an explanation in the name of the one who gave it when the lack of that information will give the seasoned scholar pause. What then is the reason for Rashi's quoting this answer in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Eloi? We might suggest that Rashi wants to clarify that the word Vayigdal, and he grew in our verse, isn't a reference to typical growth in years. As if the Torah were to reference years of growth, there would be specificity as to how many years or an age, but rather to greatness, growth and status. This wouldn't sufficiently help us with our questions, though, as there would be no need for Rashi to even mention the earlier use of the word Vayigdal. He could just explain Vayigdal, and he grew in our verse. Secondly, the additional explanation for Vayigdal, that Moshe grew in height in Pasuk Yud in verse 10, is redundant, and it's only in this verse where greatness in status that is being explained, requires that explanation. Thirdly, had Rashi not explained that this second Vayigdal refers to greatness or growth in status, we would have understood this on our own, as we actually have two earlier references for this word in regards to Yitzchak. In the portion of Vayera we learn regarding Yitzchak's son of Avram and Sarah, that Vayigdal Hayeled Vayigmol, the child grew and was weaned. And in the portion of Toldus we read that Vayigdal Haish Vayelech, Haloch Vigadol, Ad Kigadol Meod, and the man Yitzchak became very great, growing constantly greater until he had grown very great indeed. The first Vayigdal is a clear reference to age, the second to growth in acquisition and importance as indeed the verses continue to tell us of the great fortune Yitzchak had in cattle, sheep, servants, and Rashi tells us that he grew so great that people would comment on his wealth and say, rather the waste of Isaac's mules to the gold and silver of Avimelech. We would have understood these two references in regards to Moshe as well. So to understand this, we need to explore what Rashi's actual revelation is in this explanation. In our verse, we learn, It was in those days that Moshe grew. This follows immediately onto the previous verse that speaks of the time of Moshe's growing up, becoming weaned, and being brought to Pari's daughter, for whom he was like a son. It would then seem that we are talking about those days, and there would be no way to explain this, as growing in status. Therefore, Rashi explains that the first time we read the child grew, it was in stature and height, and this time it's in greatness. Rashi is actually explaining what the first growth was about. 
It wasn't the era immediately following his weaning, but the advent of his growth in height and becoming a man, which would be years after his weaning. Referring to him as a boy, Vayigdal HaYeled, is not unusual in that we find earlier reference when, for example, Reuven, in the Torah portion of Vayeshev, refers to Yosef as HaYeled, and again in the portion of Miketz, Reuven refers to Yosef as the boy, and he was already 17 years old. Once the first reference of growth is about height, we can understand the second being about greatness. Now we can understand Rashi's highlighting the question at the beginning by saying, but we already said, and the boy grew, because this addresses the focus of Rashi's explanation, that with the words Vayigdal Moshe in this verse, the meaning of Vayigdal Hayelet in the previous verse shifts. We could, of course, ask the following. Pari's daughter only gave him to the nursemaid until he would be weaned, yet he was brought back to her as a grown lad. But the answer to that would likely be that once Moshe's mother, Yecheved, had Moshe in her care, she surely pushed and delayed his return past the time of his weaning, with, with a likely variety of explanations, both psychological and other words, and otherwise, like suggesting that he's accustomed to me, it could harm him to remove him, etc. Once he was a tall lad, however, Yocheved had no more reason to keep him with her and brought him back to the palace. Of course, that would leave us with the question of how Maisha could have become such an important person at this point, when in those days that he was brought back to the daughter of Pari, because he would, at a stretch, be the maximum age of 12. Hence, Rashi continues to explain that Pari made him in charge of his house, not of the kingdom, but of the palace, a position which could be a position for a young man, even a 12-year-old, just like Yasef became responsible for the home of Petifar at age 17. And why did Pari give Maisha this important role and responsibility at his young age? Rashi covers this question by quoting both words, not just Vayigdal and he grew, but Vayigdal Moshe, Moshe grew. Because this word, the name Moshe, seems textually redundant. Clearly we're talking about Moshe. And so using Moshe's name when it is unnecessary speaks to us of the favoritism and importance that Moshe had particularly as it is the name given to Maisha by Batya, Pari's daughter, who drew him from the water when, as Rashi tells us, quoting the Midrash Maisraba, her arm grew many cubits to reach the basket in the Nile that Maisha was in. Vayigdal Maisha then speaks to the special affection that Pari's daughter had for him, thinking of him as a son and even influencing her father's attention to him, which resulted in Pare appointing Moshe over his home. Again, similar to Yosef, who found favor in Potiphar's eyes, and Potiphar then appointed Yosef over his household, despite the fact that he was an Israelite youth and a servant. Now this idea, that someone is appointed to a position without having earned it or even being worthy of it, or ready for it, and the appointment passes over others 
who may be worthy, as Yosef was, but Yosef was at least already a young adult of 17 or 18 years of age. Moshe is only 11 or 12. So it's just because they are likened by the appoint they are liked, excuse me, by the appointee can be more readily understood through the story of Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi, in whose name Rashi teaches us this explanation. The Gemara relates in the tractate of Nidorim that Rabbi Yehuda was desperately poor, so poor that he and his wife shared a single garment of clothing. And when his teacher, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, decreed a fast, Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi could not come to the shul as he had nothing to put on his body. Yet he, who was poorer than the poor and had no appropriate garments for a position of importance, was appointed by the king to the lofty position of head speaker, appointed above others who seemingly were worthy of the position. And so influential was he that he became the halachic decisor for the prince and was appointed head over the palace. This example best represents what occurred with Moshe. Moshe was still young, just a youth, but because of the princess's strong affection for him, him who she drew out of the water, he became important to Pari and was appointed over Pari's household. The Hasidic explanation for this Rashi is based on the idea that everything that we find in the physical realm flows from its source in, in, this, in one's spiritual realm. This is certainly true for Moshe Rabbeinu, whose existence below was just as it was above. He was a soul from Atzilus, and re- he remained so. This physical and spiritual wholeness of Moshe manifests in our discussion. The two expressions of Gedula, Vayigdal, growth, the first about Moshe's height, the second about status, because Pare appointed him over his home, reflect two aspects of Moshe's spirituality. To best understand this, we'll preface with and highlight the verse in Torah that describes Moshe's birth. In chapter 2, Perak Bays of this week's portion, we learn that Yocheved became pregnant and bore a son. And she observed her son that he was good, and she hid him away for three months. The Tsar teaches of a machloikis, a disagreement, between Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Yossi on these words. Rabbi Chia says that Moshe was born circumcised. Rabbi Yossi says that what was good was that the light of the Shechina shone through him and could be seen as a light that lit his entire home. And therefore, the Torah says, his mother observed that he was good. In the Torah commentary, or Achama, their disagreement is understood as not a difference of opinion and facts. Facts were, and they both knew, that Moshe was born circumcised, and that the light of the Shechina shone through him and lit his home. They only disagreed in regards to what Yecheved observed when she gazed at him. Why is Rav Chia of the opinion that Moshe was born circumcised and Rav Yossi that what she saw was the light that filled the house with Moshe's birth? Regarding the difference, says the Rebbe, my father, my teacher, referring to Rabbi Yitzchak, the Rebbe's father, explained in his notes on the Zayar 
that each one of them offers an opinion in accordance with his personal spiritual level. Rav Chia, who is of the level of Yusayid foundation, teaches that Maisha was born circumcised, upholding the covenant of the Sphira that is represented in the act of circumcision. Rabbi Yaisi, however, whose spiritual path is empowered by the Sphira of Malchus, teaches that the light of the Shekhinah shone within Maisha and illuminated the entire house. The Shekhinah presents in the Malchus aspect of Sphiras. And therefore, the Zohar concludes, Yocheved saw it was good. It was all good because both of these things were the reality of Maisha's birth. Simply put, there are two aspects in the quality of Maisha. He was Nivchar Mikol Minha Adam, choice from among all mankind, loftier than all worlds and completely connected to and unified with godliness. These were personal, internal qualities. Then there were Moshe's public qualities as a leader, how evolved he was as a shepherd to his people, his effect and influence on all of the nation of Israel, both in the spiritual and in the material, and on the world in its entirety. This was so even as he entered the world descending from the lofty level of Atzilus. Both of these qualities were present at birth. We know this from Midrash Shmes Rabbah, that when the Torah states that Moshe was a shepherd, we are taught that he was a right, that he was right and proper for this role. Born circumcised points to his personal wholeness, a wholeness that transcended this world in a way that was beyond the natural order of common people. His godly soul shone through, unblocked by the foreskin and the concealment brought about by the Yitzhahara. The home lit up by the Shechina through Moshe was his influence flowing outwards to all Jews and indeed to the world. And so the aspect of Yusayid in Atsilus, transcending human creation, exists as well below and is represented in our divine service in the way we connect to God and divest ourselves of the physical domain, seeking our own wholeness. And so Rav Chia, who is spiritually influenced by the sphere of Yusayid, says, Moshe's quality was in the domain of the bris, at the level of Yusayid, born circumcised, and it was a personal wholeness. But as far as the quality of Malchus, the energy that gives to creation and influences the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, reflect in Moshe's divine service and in his wholeness as a quality that flows outward, giving to others. Thus, Rav Yossi, who is spiritually powered by the sphere of Malchus, says that Moshe's unique quality was that the Shechina, the divine presence, was seen through him and reflected through him, filling the entire home with light. Moreover, just as this idea is above, where the power of Ein Saif, where essence is found, becomes expressed through Malchus in the manifestation of something separate, flowing from the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, and not from that which transcends these worlds. So too below, the true quality of real influence and benevolence is to another, 
which only appears as a lower level of divine flow and influence. Therefore, Rashi details this teaching in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Eloi. So said Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabbi Eloi, the first growth the Torah refers to is in height, the second in status, for Pari elevated him to oversee his house. In the dynamic spiritual nature of Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Eloi, one recognizes the value of both of these aspects in the differences in the opinions between Rav Chia and Rav Yossi. In the realm of personal wholeness, reference to the growth in Moshe's height, and in the realm of influencing and bestowing upon others, reference to Moshe's growth is about his appointment to a position of importance. And looking at this more deeply, the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Eloi and Rabbi Yossi, who are both of the spiritual nature of Malchus, as is reflected in their names, Yossi is of the numerical equivalent of El, the word or the name of God, Elohim, the name of God that speaks to nature and the divine flow of creation, in other words, the Svira of Malchus, and Yehuda, which is derived from the word Hoda'a, gratitude, and by extension, humility. Again, reflections of the Svira of Malchus, sovereignty. The difference lies in the fact that Rabbi Yossi's nature from the sphera of Malchus extends from the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, while the nature of Malchus of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Eloi extends from Malchus as it is yet in Atzilus. And this difference, too, is reflected in their names. Yossi is a Lukim without the name Havaya and its effluence is hidden away in the gematria, the numerical equivalent, concealed in his name. But in the name Yehuda, the very letters of Hoda are seen. The different aspects in our discussion also are expressed in this way. The effluence of Rabbi Yossi drawing Malchus through the worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya speaks to the influence of sovereignty to the people. But in the level of Malchus flow of Rabbi Yehuda Barabi Loi, Malchus of Atsilus, in fact, both qualities can be observed. The connection of Malchus on one hand to the spheres higher and above Malchus, and on the other hand, Malchus is the very source and root of existence via a descent into individual creation. In other words, there is an aspect of Malchus that is self-negating, just like the king who must negate ego totally, as we learn in the Talmud and the Tractate of Brachas, and observed in the Tanakh, that when a king bows, he does not rise until he has completed his prayer. And yet, the king reigns over all the nation. Hence, both of these are reflected in the nature of Rabbi Yehuda Eloi, who is complete within himself, completely connected to God, and whole in his influence on others, like the second Vayigdal Mesha growth, which reflects Pari's appointment of Mesha to oversee his home.